everybody, I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your Twilight, your Twilight phase. phase. Oh, That's we're improving. Okay. We're improving. Yeah. <laughs> Look oh, at us. Okay. I go. All right. So we are jumping right in today because Melissa's phone is going to die. We have <laughs> some great listener emails. Listeners, thank y'all. CJ has written in again. CJ, you always bring the links. You know, CJ really the brings the real, knowledge. The real MVP here is yeah, CJ. Crushing it. So CJ says, you've wondered before if S. Meyer had a sequel to Twilight planned back before it originally came out, and apparently she did, but it's probably not what you'd expect. So this is about Forever Dawn. Listeners, I feel like we could probably have like a whole episode discussion about Forever Dawn at some point, so. Whole episode. We don't need to get into Next mini much. Okay, oh, but, you know we, That's a good idea. but we do. I <laughs> didn't know about this. For listeners who have never heard of Forever Dawn, Whenever we've wondered, like, hmm, did she have this planned out? Was this a trilogy? What was the deal with the book deal when she first signed it up? She had a sequel planned out, which she named Forever Dawn, which is basically Breaking Dawn. Obviously, things are different because New Moon and Eclipse didn't exist. So if you, you can very easily imagine yourself to everything that she describes about this book. Like, I mean, Victoria is still alive because they haven't killed Victoria yet. And Jacob is not developed because there's no new moon for them to become friends in. And so it's just like skip straight to Bella and Edward getting married. Having a baby. Having a baby. <laughs> the whole showdown, the whole Renesme, the whole Voltori, and then like the end. Well, thank God someone told her not to do that. Okay, so her editors told her not to do that, and this is the first irrefutable proof we have that Stephanie had a great editor. (laughs) (laughs) Because she brought them this, and her editor said, us, I would, for sure. So, you know, these, these concepts and, like, themes just feel a little bit adult for YA, Feels like a little bit of a departure from the Twilight thing. Departure. Definitely. Yeah, just because of like the baby having part of it. So maybe (laughs) we could continue on the like high school thing. What do you think? Let's just like let's just like push that book out a little bit. You know, we'll 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 do some things up in the middle. Maybe, maybe. So they talked to her and I wonder if they were I wonder if they were like, okay, Stephanie, if you don't write this, we'll give you two more books. <laughs> 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 like make this a trilogy, just take a little longer to get there to see where it takes ya. They and might have wrote that thing where you go like Hmm, so the problem with this is that they're too old and these concepts are too adult and we really need something more like directly in line with Twilight. Yes. What do you think could fit that spot? So you say exactly what you want the next year of high school and the author is like, what about the next year of high school? And you're like, you're a genius for coming up with that. Genius level. Good job. (laughs) So I just feel like this explains the entire series to me so much because New Moon is such a departure and it is such a like weird pause like filler on what was already happening. She's like, okay, well, they can't get married yet. Why wouldn't they get married? Here's a reason. I guess they break up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the right. only so reason these two wouldn't get married. Right. And they end up, sorry, and they end up exactly where they started anyway. So Exactly. Like, it makes listeners, sense. do yourself a favor and look up the flowcharts that people have formed of, like, either Twilight goes straight to Forever Dawn, or you take the detour through New Moon and Eclipse, and then Stephanie talks them into a fourth book, and they were selling so many copies that they were like, you can write whatever now. Now it doesn't matter. Now, sure. Baby's <laughs> right. marriage, you got it, Stephanie. Everybody right, can buy it anyway. the fuck you want. And it'll just be like the weird fourth final book. We're in. We're in, Stephanie. And then Bring Dawn happens. I mean, it explains so much. It all makes it really sense. Does. I actually did know about Forever Dawn and had completely forgotten about it, but I feel like one of our original questions still stands of, like, while Stephanie was writing Twilight, did she have any idea about what would come next? Or did she only, like, think up that plot line afterwards? I don't know. Listeners, right. if any of you ever go to, like, any of these Midnight Sun Q&As or whatever, if you could get that question in, I... I would Venmo you like $12. I would really like to know. <laughs> or it could be sitting on her website already. I mean, yeah. I did read a section where she was she was referencing Forever Dawn, but being cagey about it because it was mid-series. And she couldn't tell people about it because she did eventually get there. So she did talk a lot about it. And she like wrote it for her sister, I want to say. Yeah, um, her sister or her that's mom. That's so weird. Which actually Ew. segues perfectly into a post that we got tagged in on tumblr about our sisters no <laughs> about <laughs> about stephanie meyer's whole family and how she named everybody in the series after her family oh yeah really Ew. weird yeah. Um, <laughs> shoot without a script tagged us and yeah i think we've already mentioned how jacob is one of her brothers yeah <laughs> But, yeah, okay, I'm going to throw her a bone here. Mm, Jacob okay. was not originally conceived of as a love interest. But it was always okay, clear right. that Jacob was into Bella, and Bella yes. is Stephanie. Is Stephanie Meyer. That's true. Right. And then her <laughs> other siblings are Seth, Emily, Paul, and Heidi. Oh, well, did Heidi ever get a name? I think there That's is a, a Heidi. Is there a Heidi? Somebody's going to be mad at us for not knowing. Are they in, like, Denali? I think it might be one of the Denali sisters. I mean, Heidi must be her least favorite sister. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I think that Heidi is a character in Twilight. A you member of the wrote... Volturi Guard. Oh. Okay. <laughs> She's the one who brings humans to the Volturi to satisfy their thirst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to like the bait. This book. Yeah, wow, that... that it really must be her least favorite sister. Wow. Sorry. Can you imagine Heidi. being her sister. Okay, hang on. Right. Do you write Forever Dawn for your favorite sister or for your <laughs> least favorite sister? <laughs> well, since it became the happily ever after that Stephanie wanted for Bella and Edward. Must be her for her favorite sister. I don't know. Yeah, but it it's Heidi a, or Emily. It was objectively the worst book, so Oh, objectively the worst, which is why her editors put it off until she was already a mega bestseller. But, like, truly, how do you have, like, yo, bro, Jacob, you're gonna be a main character. I'm gonna write a lot about your abs. Right? Like, all the girls like, did she want to be like it? <laughs> I just, I just need the quote from Stephanie where she's like, yeah, whoops, that turned out weird. But I don't think she's ever said it. 
true. It's true. If you do think about like if when she was first writing Twilight, she just right. had this really dopey this teenager, kid brother, like cute, sweet, right? Teen. And in fact, maybe she was trying to be like, Jacob has a crush on Bella because she's so dope. You know, like right. maybe it was like kind of like a ha ha ha. You're so you're silly, a loser, right? <laughs> I don't know. Brother. I think that if I were Stephanie, I would have to like fully compartmentalize and never think about it otherwise it would be way too weird that's true she'd be like I wasn't even thinking about that what are you that's disgusting why would you bring that up it's so oh, weird of you the other good one is that her mother-in-law's name is drumroll please Victoria <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> so she just has to use the excuse like look I'm unoriginal with names and I just use names of people Clearly. that I know like that's her only that could be her only responses holy shit it's yeah. too weird also before I forget I want to give a quick shout out to at this is how Hugo do on Twitter who DM'd us and was like I was hoping that you'd finally comment about Forever Dawn <gasps> And I was like, we will. This is great timing. We just got an email about this. We're so ready. Hugo, thank you for also mentioning Forever Dawn. Yo, and yo, yo, yo. we have one final um, ask from Tumblr that I want to share from Ezra's 12. <laughs> Everybody go follow them. Follow them. They're great. Who asked us to comment on the weird original UK Twilight cover. Oh, so I Googled it. I have never so seen this good. cover before. Also, go Google this. It's this, like, ghostly girl. She's sort of blurred around the edges. She has this weird sharp bob that makes her look more like Alice than Bella. And I get, like, really, like, French vibes with her from her, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. partly because, like, the center of the composition. Okay, so she's really big in front. Behind her is just a row of walkers. There's nothing yeah, else behind her. There's nothing else. The title is big in the middle. And like the middle of the composition is like her really pointy boob. <laughs> yeah. And she's like extremely, extremely skinny. So she's kind of right. like a skeletal figure yes. with right. these tiny shoulders and a massive head. Yes. So I, this is like truly wild. It's just so interesting. Okay, but there are a lot of ugly Twilight covers, especially, like, originally. Yeah. Back before everyone just kind of adopted the the US cover. Right. It's so interesting how different covers can be in different countries. This happens all the time. All the time. And, you know, sometimes we, the U.S. exports a lot more books than it imports. We don't publish, in the grand scheme of things, that many translations. And when we do, or even when we bring them over bring books over like from the UK we often change the covers like, we look at their covers and they're like this almost is so unappealing like right. I don't get it it's so this or it's so that and and their countries do it to our books oh yeah too. we change everything yeah when I look at UK copy I'm like this is like three sentences how are they selling books with no information <laughs> about the book <laughs> <laughs> right people, people that's so real different countries and and in different territories they buy books differently and it's really interesting to see what they focus on that's different than what we focus on yes oh and the other thing I wanted to say about this is that Stephanie had nothing to do with this like I'm sure Stephanie saw this cover like maybe she saw it 
before she received her foreign editions, but like she, maybe not. And I then mean, she, she has like, nothing to do with the U.S. covers, let alone. No, very little. Especially on a debut, she right she would have had she would have had less. zero say. Oh. She would have gotten like, "Hey, we hope you like this," and then you have to like. You have to like really hate it if right okay for your cover so it's not like you get no input but you get like late in the game input usually and then on your subsequent books especially if something is doing really well you're gonna get some input right but, but like also gonna covers, have, yeah but on a debut uk cover she gonna yeah, she no gonna way. have nothing to do with it it's worth mentioning that her name is only like two shades darker than the background that it's on on this cover <laughs> so it just blends into the nothingness you can right. barely see her name right it's, it's okay so i actually found like an image of like the full wrap uk cover and it's really low res so it's really hard to see <laughs> but like the inside back flap has the world's shortest author bio stephanie meyer lives with her husband and three young sons in Glendale, I think that might say, Arizona. Twilight is her first novel. Two sentences. The back cover has the iconic about three things I was absolutely positive oh. over like okay. a close-up image of the lockers. Huh. Okay. And then the inside front flap actually has like way more copy than most UK ones have. Really? Actually, it's interesting that it's even a hardcover because these days... It's actually not. It's one of those like paperbacks oh, that flaps? has like French yeah, like flaps. French flaps. Yeah, because usually in the UK now, the main edition is just a paperback, which might be part of why they have less copy than the US. But go ahead. Well, I'm trying to read it, but it's just really hard because it's so little. It's just like so blurred out. I think it says, I'd never given much thought to how I would die. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I'd never gone to Forks, blah, blah, blah. We're familiar with that. And then it like switches perspective without there being any design change. Yeah, um, yeah. So it goes from first person to... Isabella Swan is expecting her new life Ew. in Forks to be as dull as the town itself, but her new somethings don't seem to something for <laughs> awkward and love expectations. For okay. some reasons, it's almost as if they like this pal's dark-haired new girl he knew, except she realizes the Cullen family, and Edward Cullen in particular, it's almost as if he for... I want to say some other reason, but I'm making it up. It's truly illegible. <laughs> okay, we're going to come okay. back to this. I want to figure out what this says. Are we? As for just 12. Not today. You seem to be from the UK, so if you still have your old cover, send us a copy. Or somebody find it on the internet. Send us a copy. <laughs> no, don't send us the copy. Send us the copy. <laughs> but also, just Google it. Like, oh. Yeah. I love it. Okay, we have another great listener email to touch on real quick. It's from Melina. 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 Subject line, the beams are crossing. Melina says, hi. I have to say I was really thrilled when I saw that the mini-sode was on fanfic. Melina, that's for you. And that it was an hour long. Melina, it really got away from us on that one. <laughs> it was a lot longer than that, girlfriend. Believe me. <laughs> Melissa texted the group like it's so long we talked about so much I'm cutting so much and I was like then don't anymore and she was like too late and I was like then just, then just call it a day like what do you want 
Like, oh you've got enough. It can be a long mini sewed. Well, we went into it with like it's a mini sewed, and it ended up being longer than most of our regular not. episodes. Was, we need a new name for mini sods because we're <laughs> incapable of doing mini We also said that mini sods would be like when yes, we ours. have guests on. Yeah, but like sometimes right. it's guests, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Whatever, right. listeners, y'all are all smart and like adaptable, and you can roll with it. You know, <laughs> you can fucking deal. <laughs> Anyway, Melina says that the reason she's writing in is that she gets really excited when we mention other shows, books, movies that she likes. In the minisode, Olivia mentioned Star Trek, and while I'm new to the fandom, yes. I'm totally a Spock slash Kirk or Spock slash Uhura. Did I say That's that right? Uhura. Uhura. Uhura shipper. I think you guys have also made at least a passing mention to Town, which is my favorite musical yeah. currently. So Melina didn't discover fan fiction and get into the fandom community until late in college, long after her Twilight phase. Melina, welcome. (laughs) I have a hard time delving into Twilight fan fiction for exactly the reason you guys discussed. It's just not all that appealing when the characters are there in name, but not much else. But that being said, I also agree that sometimes the appeal is more that the dynamic between characters is showcased in the fan fiction. Mm-hmm, One of my mm-hmm. favorite Star Trek fan fictions is from the POV of Bones' daughter and features Jim Kirk as an abuse survivor that eventually falls in love with Spock after recovering from his PTSD. You're all well, Melina. Melina, you're the raddest. And also this reminded me that in high school, one of my dear friends, who is still a good friend, was really into like glee trauma fan fiction, oh like school God. shooting fan fiction. Wow. Oh and I was like, I support you, but I don't get it. <laughs> It's how we work through our traumas, okay? It's true, it's true. (laughs) I Um, love it, Spock forever, yeah. Okay, I did want to quickly mention, since we we did bring up, like, other things that we're reading slash watching, I'm currently rereading A Discovery of Witches, which is an adult book, but it's about a romance between a witch and a vampire, and I'm getting strong Twilight overtures. I've told Olivia this in text just I've told her that she needs to read this book slash series because one of the main characters like reminds me of her but it's just like a very consumable book that is about like a very dramatic romance but like because it's adult it's longer and the author kind of has more ability to like go into like the background of these like creatures and whatnot that you don't really get in YA so if you're looking like a, a twilight uh twilight what, what what's the word i'm looking for like twilight like for adults but thing. like a like a next next uh like what to know. read next yeah but i was going for something cooler than that <laughs> <laughs> well, looking forward i've actually had that book in my apartment for a long time and yeah guess soon. what girlfriend i gave it to you i'm in the middle of like <laughs> literally three books what so, are they? Tell our listeners. The things that I'm in the middle of reading, which are all good, and I'm just moving slowly through all of them, are home. They're all adult books. That's why they're going so slowly. Home Fire by Kamala Shamsi, who went to my college and is really cool. It's very good. I'm reading my first Octavia Butler book. Ooh. I got Parable of the Sower. And nice. I'm reading a book called So You Want to Talk About Race to Help Inform Myself. Dope. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Since we're talking about what we're reading right now, I'm also reading So You Want to Talk About Race. It's good. Yeah, we're in a book club. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're oh, reading. It's, it's not a coincidence. What the fuck? Why is I not in this book club? Why do I not 
because you're not in our work group for work and you work in a different department than us that's <laughs> and last night i finished get this an adult book listeners wow. i don't like to read adult books because <laughs> i'm a child i read party of two by jasmine guillory and it was fantastic i really uh, love her books i actually read um which one did i read the wedding date so good very, right very recent yes there's the wedding date and the wedding party but the wedding date was, I think, the first one. Then I think I, um, I think I read the second one. Whatever, it was good. Yeah. I don't really know how you guys can keep talking about other books when you're in a book club that I'm not a part of. I okay, know. Well, if you'd hard like to, to become an editor and attempt to transfer <laughs> into our department, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to start as an assistant. You know, so. I'll start my own fucking book club. We'll have. We'll read cool stuff too. And Melissa, you're not invited. This is basically book club. We just like decided to have a book club, but record it and force other people to listen to it. So Listeners, you're whatever. in a book club with us right now. It's only the I'm three starting of us. my own book club, and we'll read cool shit. And you're not invited. You're fine. Fine, Y'all should also that. know that I, Maya, started a graphic novel book club and Melissa oh, yeah. started coming even though she didn't read the book. She just enjoyed the social aspect. So we would go and like all talk about the book and she would just sit there and be like, nice pictures. <laughs> graphic yeah, novels don't even take very much time to read. That's the funniest yeah. part of that for me. I don't know. It's just, it's just nice to hear other people's opinions about something that you know nothing about, you know? Sure. Called podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm also reading Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar, which oh, is just good. a joy. I mean, it's not like fun, so maybe I shouldn't call it a joy, right. but it's really yeah. good. I was going to say, I heard that was a heavy, but very good book. Yeah. I, yeah. I've only ever read Kaysen's middle grade, so. Mm. I recommend. Exciting. Okay. Listeners, let us know what you're reading. Let's Who's just speak is it? I have no idea. I can't handle it. Please don't put it on me. I think that it might be me, which is worrisome because I read it a few days ago and I don't remember what happened. I read it half an hour ago <laughs> and I do not feel prepared to do it. Okay, I'm gonna go. <sighs> this is great. Chapters 15 and 16 where things <laughs> happen in them. Yeah, um, they do. We could do this together. This doesn't have to be a competition. This could be I mean, it, it is a competition, but I'm willing to help out. No, I want my grade. Okay, <laughs> so because the wolves are still on the search for Victoria, and now they know that Victoria is after Bella, Bella is spending basically all of her time at La Push while the wolves are out looking. Jacob is often too busy to hang out with her, so she does like a lot of like hanging out on the beach. When Jacob is with her, they hold hands a lot. That's... That's just something that we're going to come back to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We learn a little bit about what it is like for Jacob to be a wolf. He's finally in a place where, like, you know, the shock has died down for Bella. All the revelations are done. Now they can talk about his wolfiness. He likes the speed. We learn that his first change was at home, and he, like, almost ripped Billy's face off. And we learn that he was always going to become a wolf if there would be a vampire around. Like, he didn't have a shot because both of his grandfathers, like, on both sides, were, like, descended from the last pack. So, it's just, like, in his blood on both sides. We find out that James bit Bella, and Jacob's like, but, but, and Bella's like, Edward saved me. (laughs) 
a storm is coming in. In the next chapter, <laughs> Bella is like, <laughs> like, oh, I wish Jacob could hang out with me, but you know, he can't. And she's kind of thinking like, why can't I be with Jacob? Like, do I care about him the way I cared about Edward? No, I don't. But like, maybe I could give him just like a little sliver of what I know I'm capable of, just a shadow of my love. Because she's like feeling kind of scared that he's gonna like move on from her. Jacob promises to take her cliff diving because they need to have some fun for once, but then he is off trying to find Victoria because she was spotted and they think they have her cornered. And Bella is like, I need to hear Edward's voice again. So even though a storm is rolling in and that is very clear to Bella, <laughs> like she makes it, she describes it's, it's the clouds so as like roiling, like the waves are crashing and she's like, this might be now, a good day for me to cliff jump. So she does. She jumps. She's like, that was awesome. But as soon as she hits the water, she's like, I'm drowning. Uh, <laughs> she's down there. She doesn't know which way is up. She can see Edward perfectly. And she's like, I'm fine with this, frankly. <laughs> like, I'm only swimming because he is telling me to. But this is perfectly acceptable to me. And then she keeps feeling this rock, like, hitting her back. And she's like, that's inconvenient. And it is actually Jacob's hand. He has, like, dove in, in to dived in <laughs> to get her <laughs> like passed out on the beach for a little bit but like these torrents of water come out of her mouth from Jacob hitting her and she's fine she lives oh and then we find out that Harry dies and it's really sad and Bella's like oh yeah. maybe I shouldn't have done this right now it turned out to be bad timing <laughs> so also she like when she was underwater, she saw like something red in the waves and that image kind of sticks with her. At the very end of the chapter, she was like, ah, "Twas Victoria. And scene. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, I... That was okay. pretty amusing, but yeah. I think you left out something major. Yeah, I was trying to compensate for not knowing what happened. <laughs> oh, you did a I pretty mean, good you, job. You, you left you. out like... The like a half a chapter. biggest thing. Yeah, so too. oh, you left out two big things. You, left, you <laughs> were on a great roll, but you just ended too soon. Okay. You ended too soon. So I'll just pick it up. Okay, so then Bella gets thinking about good old Shakespeare again and decides that she's Juliet and goes through this whole mental exercise of like, what if Jacob is Paris, except Paris is a totally different person. And <laughs> she just sort of, like, decides to, like, maybe roll with the whole being with Jacob thing. He fan fictions Paris, for sure. In, like, a really yeah. confusing way that we need to talk about. And then Jacob goes to bring her home. And when they show up at her house, she sees <gasps> a car. Oh, and yeah. And recognizes the <laughs> oh, car. I and failed. she knows <laughs> that it's a Cullen. And she's like, take, take me back. And he's like, no, they're my enemies. And she's like, you suck. And then she has to take herself back and someone is there waiting for her in her house. Points for style, but I mean, <laughs> there was no thesis. Like, damn. So I'll give I you forgot like a six the and a Collins half. return. Maybe like a six and a half. <laughs> I'll take that. I'm just going to give you a six because it was funny. Thank it you. was well done. Yeah, I'll just take it. It too soon. <laughs> 
I don't even want to dwell on this too long because I think it's just upsetting, but let's go ahead and acknowledge that when we walked along the beach now, he always held my hand. <sighs> I have to read, I have to read this. Okay, here's where we are on page 343. This made me brood over what Jared had said about Jake involving his quote girlfriend. I suppose that that was exactly what it looked like from the outside. As long as Jake and I knew how it really was, I shouldn't let those kids, those kinds of assumptions bother me. And maybe they wouldn't if I hadn't known that Jacob would have loved for things to be what they appeared. But his hand felt nice as it warmed mine, and I didn't protest. Okay, so that's, oh, and then Mike accuses her of dating <gasps> Jacob. And her response to, are you dating that kid, <gasps> is not, no, Mike, it's not in the technical sense of the word. I do spend most of my time with Jacob, though. He's my best friend. Is he your best friend, or are you dating her, him, Bella? Just say no. No. The answer is no. We're friends. We're friends, and we hold hands. You can get over it, Mike Newton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mike is then already problematic. He's like, girls are cruel. I'm just like, yeah. I fucking hate that. Like, He's like, get the fuck out <laughs> he's like don't kid yourself bella the guy's head over heels for you and she says i know life is complicated yeah and then he says and girls are cruel like, see i yo. think that this is excellent 17 year old dialogue <laughs> that's fair that yeah that's true but i'm still mad at bella for saying I'm, yeah not in the technical sense of the word like just say what you mean bella say what you mean and what you mean is one syllable. Nah. No. No. <laughs> and like, it's Mike. It's not even like Mike is involved or like you owe Mike anything. Like right. you hate Mike. Like you owe Mike a little bit right, more nothing. than you actually give him, but like, it's not much at all. Right. This isn't Angelica and what? Angela? Angela. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Angelica, Angelica in the Twilight I mean, world. I know, that's immediately what I thought of. I don't know any other Angelica. You babies. <laughs> This isn't Angela. She doesn't, like, I don't know, need to feel, like, justifying her behavior. This is literally just stupid Mike Newton. It's just Mike Newton. Yeah. I also think that it's worth noting that she says, he held my hand. It's not like Mm. we were holding hands. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's even more reason to be like, no, Mike, we're not, like, right. Like, it's not even like you are a full participant in the hand holding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like and so it's kind of blurry on your side too and you're like oh, I mean I'm kind of kind of pushing into this maybe we are something I don't know like no you're not confused you yeah. know the answer and it's okay no. so everybody remember that that's what happened on page 343 <laughs> Jake and Bella do have some actual heart to hearts which is nice to see them sharing right we love communication we love to see it. We learn that he runs at about 108 or 109 internal temperature. Oh and God. that he is a willing little warmer. And that he is willing to just cut his hand to show Bella that he heals fast. He doesn't do it, but he's like ready to do it. She's like, just, that's know. messed up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Because also because does it not hurt or does it just heal fast? Because why would you still put I would think that it pain? would just heal fast because if they I couldn't do. feel pain, they would say that. It would be bad. That's but true. like this pain is also quintessential 16-year-old boy. Like yeah, I remember true. the kids in my class, you know, doing that thing where they put like safety pins through like the first layer of their dead skin. Ugh. Like, Ugh, look. Oh my god, I forgot it that happened. Gross. Why did you remind me that people Sorry. did that? 
Did you guys like, ever do like the eraser test? No. You no. use an eraser basically and you rub it really hard against your skin and you like remove layers of skin. I did it why? to myself really bad one time and I don't even know why I did it. Why do you do it? Children are stupid. You just kind of like go <laughs> exactly. as long as you can to see what you can so do. The test, just to test how long. It's imagine not even like a that. competition. It's just to test. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you could instantly heal from anything that you did to yourself. This is would... so accurate as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Can they get tattoos? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Or does their skin like project the ink? I feel like this might be addressed. I feel like maybe not. Maybe they have a special like really deep needles. <laughs> I don't know. That might exist. Jinkies. Jinkies. <laughs> I did also want to point out that Jink just never wears clothes anymore. He's bare chested at all times. <laughs> at all times. No shoes. <laughs> and I did want to qualify that to me, it sounded like both of Jacob's grandfathers were were werewolves. Not that he's descended on both sides, but that during his grandfather's years, they were werewolves, which I think is true because I think that's when Carlisle first comes, right? I think that you're oh, right. And as I was saying it, I was like, I think this is a little bit off. I think you're right. Okay. This leads me to a question that I've always had, which is how just like werewolf presents itself when there have been vampires around for I'm assuming a while like, like did this Sam took become, too long like, yeah like your did point Sam is that this took too long right that's what I'm wondering it's like did Sam start becoming a vampire when the Collins showed up as a family so, the second time around when CJ sent that stuff about like Jacob. Jacob's perspective, yes. which if you guys yeah. haven't checked it out, you should. It seems to be related to scent. So like when Edward and Jacob first met, Jacob was like, oh, Edward like smells bad. <laughs> and then when Jacob and Bella were hanging out, when Bella had been with Edward, like maybe it was prom. I forget exactly what it is. I think mm. it was prom. Maybe Jacob's like, prom. wow, her perfume's awful. <laughs> <laughs> she smells really bad. So I think that the vampires actually need to be pretty close to you if you're mm. a werewolf before it can like trigger whatever like physiological response gets your transformation of turning into a wolf. That's going. kind of interesting. And like right. it doesn't happen instantly. So like Jacob smelled right. them and then later oh, started forever. to turn. Yeah, it took yeah. like months later. Okay. Well, Sam so turned like about a year ago, right? Because they referenced that Emily... Right. became scarred about a year ago yeah although Which, i guess we don't know that that was like the first time that he turned right it, it might just say like he like lost his temper right oh that's true so it could yeah. be longer right so i'm just wondering if you know the last time there were werewolves was jacob's grandparents and that must have been when carlisle was around the first time and then they disappeared and now that they're back this is where their new round of I don't know yes. werewolfy things are happening I right. think that's what we're meant to take from it okay because even if vampires were like running through in the meantime just like passing through the area right unless right. they got you know within like spitting distance of a wolf like that change wouldn't be triggered for the wolf I mean that to me really does explain some of the animosity <laughs> 
Because can you imagine it's just like your presence, if you would just like weren't around nearly as much as you are, then I wouldn't have to physically change into a different creature. That makes sense to me. I will say that like if I were perfectly engineered to destroy a certain thing, I'd be like, you are probably bad. Like, <laughs> like I was taught that I am perfectly engineered to protect my people from you. Like, it's not okay, just like, right, oh, God. you turned me into this thing. It's like, you are our natural enemy. Right, right. Like, you were created by biology or whatever to destroy this thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's usually the other sense. way around. Like, things that we are able to kill, we don't really hate. But in this instance, like it's like, I wouldn't be the way what? that I am if you were not such a threat. Okay, but like- Right, but we, we don't exist to get rid of cows. Yeah, but like the reason that humans are a lot of the ways that we are was like to hunt down animals. I mean, I, we're far removed from it, obviously. Well, I think you have to take it in the full context. It's like, you are a dangerous creature. And if you did not exist, I would not turn into this thing this perfectly- way created to fight right like i literally exist to protect therefore i must see you as a danger i just hate that that's the mythology here (laughs) oh well yeah it's dumb mythology for sure but i get what you mean i talked to someone recently who i'm not going to name because i hope to have her on the pod at some point this is one of the things i meant to tell you guys earlier but then i forgot about it (laughs) was like i think it's so awesome that we're seeing these like native kids like with all this agency, like protecting their yeah. land. Yeah. And like I I forget like exactly what she was saying. So that's just an even better reason to have her on. But like some of these things that we were like, this is like kind of stupid the way that this presents native people. She was like, it's awesome. <laughs> so I'm really excited. I hope we get to have that. I mean, yeah, that would be nice. I can see how it's both right. at the same time. I mean, Twilight was, yeah, right. Twilight was the first really, especially YA series that even introduced us to any teenage native kids. I mean, at, I at, least on this, at least on this scale. On this scale, that's right. Probably, that's probably fair on this scale. Right. And that we're so, like contemporary kids, not like right. all Native Americans existed in the past and they're gone right. now. Right. Right. Exactly. So I do remember being thankful to Stephanie for that, even though now, of course, we're able to look at these descriptions in a, in a more critical light. But like the fact that we have this like group of characters was really cool at the time, too. So all of this like Bella Jacob chatting through this first chapter kind of reminds you of like the good Jacob and it's kind of back to like positive Jacob times which makes the ending of the next chapter like really frustrating (laughs) when Jake starts to act like a jerk again and you're like oh I'd forgotten that you did that. (laughs) Right. Forgotten that you were a piece of shit now. Yeah. There's some really great just like naturey description a thick layer of clouds pressed heavily on the atmosphere now making it almost oh wait no this is a bad one Um, (laughs) you never know classic Uh, 
truly classic. I highlighted so many that I was like, this is great nature description, but this one is awful. Um, it's my worst sentence. I'm going to save it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did write that one. There was too much nature talk in these, in this writing. Leave. I just wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pressure, 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 <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> That is the title of the chapter. I, I, I was just like, there's too much pressure. <laughs> okay, I um, think it's great. All this nature talk. Okay, so Belle's on the beach. And, like, as soon as we get there, it's, like, Stephanie Meyer doing some of what she does, does best, which is, like, increasing the tension yes. leading up to, like, a big pivotal decision. Mm-hmm. So, like... The skies have this ferocious plan. Like, the forest is really quiet. Like, she's like, oh, all the animals must be bunkering down. And as soon as she gets to the beach, it just feels eerie and, like, kind of weird. She's like, you know, all I do is just kind of walk around endlessly on the beach. Like, how is that different from my nightmares of just walking endlessly through a forest? So, like, her nightmare is, like, made manifest in real Mm. life. Mm -hmm. And she, like, sits, she stands, she looks at the angry sky, like, there's just all this kind of restless energy building up, and at the same time, there's this big threat, because Jacob is in danger, because she knows that Jacob is trying to fight Victoria right now, and, you know, she's like, he could be dying right now, I wouldn't know. And at one point she says, maybe it was wrong to be so involved with myths and legends to turn my back on the human world maybe and so even that places us even more deeply in this world of the impossible and it's just so well done and then okay so the waves pick up they're crashing against the rocks but there's no wind very weird Mm -hmm. um like that's such an eerie description of oh it literally sends chills down my spine and there's all this static in the air so she can feel it in her hair and you can just imagine her hair kind of picking up a little bit like the way it does when you're at like Niagara Falls you know what a horrifying <laughs> image she looks like a witch honestly there should be witches in there. she's supposed to be a witch and then she looks over at the cliffs and she remembers what it was like to see these bodies spiraling through the air in their fall and it is so perfectly described she says I imagined the utter freedom of the fall. I imagined the way Edward's voice would have sounded in my head, furious, velvet, perfect. The burning in my chest flared agonizingly. There had to be some way to quench it. The pain was growing more and more intolerable by the second. I glared at the cliffs and the crashing waves. Well, why not? Why not quench it right now? Like, even though in our logical minds, we're like, this is the stupidest thing you could possibly do. You will die. When I'm reading through her eyes, I understand it. Like you're in this eerie, like liminal space. Nothing feels real. Everything feels scary. You feel powerless. And you're like, that is the thing that's going to make me feel freedom and give me what I want. Yeah, that's That's true. true. It's masterful. Yeah, and she also knows that it's dumb. And she says, she says, it was not hard to convince myself that I didn't have time to search for another way off the cliffs. I wanted to jump from the top. This was the image that had lingered in my head. I wanted the long fall that would feel like flying. I knew that this was the stupidest, most reckless thing I had done yet. The thought made me smile. And she spent the beginning of this book working up to why she would want to do this and what this decision is about to the point where you totally get why she's doing this, even though 
there's a giant storm and right really dumb. And the description of like how it would feel like flying when yeah. previously what has made her feel that way is being on Edward's back. Oh, that's so true. Was, like, oh, yeah. So it works. She goes up to the top of the cliff. She is ready to jump. And as soon as she's there, Edward is in her head telling her not to do it. And I just realized during these descriptions, because she says, he sounded so real, so close. It was only when he was disapproving like this that I could hear the true memory of his voice. And it made me sad that tone of voice that she can remember him using is this like (laughs) disapproving and I know yeah, he's telling her to take care of herself but like in a really like demanding yeah way. in a really controlling and way. I was thinking about how like you know there's certain people where like sometimes you do try to imagine their voice and it's like you can come up with that one phrase or like kind of thing that they would say that makes their voice more clear to you and, and this is it sad but yeah this sad. Is I mean it makes for like exciting plot which I appreciate right I understand <laughs> it but it's sad yeah I also what I love about that moment where she's like remembering his disapproving voice (laughs) this he pleaded you wanted me to be human I reminded him well watch me I love that I can just see her listening with like a little smirk on her face I I agree completely. I want her to go to therapy because there are other ways to take control. She needs it. She needs it. Yeah. This is bad. (laughs) Right? There are healthy ways to take control. But I definitely understand where she's coming from. And I support her taking control in her life in a way that feels, I don't know, possible for her. Unfortunately, it's just. Yeah, it's more about the attitude than the action. What a contradiction. (laughs) Like, this is so Twilight. Bella right. gets so much flack for like never having any agency and not making decisions. And Maya's right. Like here she is, like, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And the contradiction in it is that it's not the healthiest choice, but she's gonna relate to her and then like, I don't know, come up with bad ideas, then we don't know what are good ideas or what aren't good ideas, and we want agency, but like she right. does pull throughout this story, like she lets it be taken away from her, and then sometimes she grabs it for herself. Right. It's very relatable in the struggle. It's just the stakes are much higher technically than anything we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. (laughs) Um, She jumps. She makes the jump. What I love about it is she puts her arms up like she's gonna like swan dive, but then she's like, but I I jump first, just to be clear. (laughs) I learned that. She says, it was too ingrained from years of swimming at the public pool, feet first, first time. I definitely didn't learn that. I definitely didn't learn that either. She learned some stuff. Bella had, you know, Renee wasn't around all the time, but she taught her to jump feet first into the pool. So good on Renee. I mean, yeah, that was a, a good choice. If you're going to jump off a cliff, jump feet first. Jump, that is a great choice that she makes here. Yeah, otherwise, like, she might, she could have broken her neck. She like, could have yeah, died. She, she, she could have died on died. impact. Jumping <laughs> from this high off the cliff is extremely dangerous. The chance of hitting the rocks is, like, good. <laughs> yeah, hitting is, like, really bad. She has no full experience. Like, as she's standing on the precipice of a literal cliff, all she's thinking about is Edward talking to her. There's no description of being like, oh, 
fuck, this is really high. I'm slightly like not 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 a a moment of that. She no, it's exhilarating. There's adrenaline. No fear, pure adrenaline. Really, the fall wasn't scary at all. Where was the challenge? And I was like, okay, she might be actually missing some like fear. Oh yeah. She's right, not like scared I'm of vampires. Worried not scared of werewolves. Sure. She's like super chill with jumping off a cliff. Oh, have you guys seen that documentary about Alex Honnold who free solos? Really yes, high? it's called Free Solo. It's awesome. Free solo. He like they did and on him, he like literally does not get as much brain activity in like fear zones as other people. Like I think Bella might literally have Oh, that. Bella definitely <laughs> has that. Totally. <laughs> My favorite part of that documentary, listeners, if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus, so you should check it out. I think it might also be on Netflix. Um, It's on Hulu. Maybe it's Netflix, whatever. Wherever you can find it, you can find. There's this like incredibly sheer, difficult cliff face in Yosemite called El Cap, Mm -hmm. and he is a ride to free solo it. So he climbs without any like ropes or anything. So if he falls, he just dies. Yeah, not even like. Not the ropes that you imagine, like literally not ropes. The only reason that I was able to watch it is because I know that he didn't die doing it. That's the only way I got through that documentary. I watched the trailer and I was so anxious. I was like, I can't do this. I I felt like I was on the cliff when I was watching um, and I was on a couch. But it's amazing. But he has a friend and the girlfriend says to him like, well, you know, I'm just a little worried about you um, doing this because you could die. And he's like, well, why is that a concern? And she's like, oh, well, because I love you. Like, do you understand why this might be upsetting to me that I just have to let you do this, but you could die? And he was like, I mean, I, you know, I just don't see the point in worrying about it because I want to do it. And she's like, I know. At any time. And I'm going to let you. But maybe acknowledge <laughs> that I have a reason to worry. And he's like, no. Listeners, <laughs> acknowledge your partner's feelings. Right. It's an important part of the process. Uh, so Bella would do that probably. Don't know. And she did not think about after you jump into the ocean, you're in the ocean. The ocean. You gotta <laughs> swim. And there's a storm. So it would have been very dangerous even without the storm. But there's a giant storm. So she's like genuinely drowning. Yeah, she is. She says she does drown. Like she, like one thing that I, I guess I'm confused about scientifically the definition of drowning, but she does later say like that she drowned. Well, I I think think that it's kind of one of those things where it's like, she would have died had Jacob not towed her to shore right. and like hit all that water out of her and she was unconscious. A lot of water so I feel her. like you can be yeah. like, yeah, I drowned, even though like you actually ended up living. You're like, what happened to me though is that I drowned. Yeah, I don't think drowning is synonymous with dying. Okay, well, it, to me, it had always been synonymous. So I was just like, oh, why are you being so dramatic? Well, I think typically when you drown, you do die. But this yeah. is- <laughs> unless you are rescued from drowning. Right. Okay, cool. But yeah, so Bella does drown. And as Maya said, she's like, she makes her peace. She <laughs> Immediately. is fine with this. She's like, you know what? Out of all of the deaths that I have imagined, this one's kind of chill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Edward's here. Aww. Nothing's going, like, this is fine. Which is really sad. The most that she does, like, for her own like self-preservation is 
I fought to keep my breath in, to keep my lips locked around my last store of oxygen. Everything else that she does is because Edward is like, keep swimming. And she's like, where? Like, there's nowhere to go. It's dark. <laughs> I don't he's like, know which don't give off. up. And she's like, I guess I'll listen to him. I forced my arms to continue reaching. <laughs> she's like, the only thing she actually does Very is hold sad. her breath. The rest of it is Very like, sad. this is because Edward wants me to, not because I want me to. Yeah. And then she gets rescued by Jake. And we get to the next chapter. Paris. Paris. Hang on. Goodbye was my last thought. Yeah. Good end of a chapter. It's a oh. good end of a chapter. I think it should be my last thought was goodbye. I love you. I you know. Yeah. To be she should have flipped it. Yeah. Good yeah. edit, Maya. You're right. Thank you. I'm a so <laughs> editress. <laughs> Jacob saves her like buckets of water out of her body. So she's she's not doing great because She's had a lot of salt water in her body and almost died. But they determine that she hasn't, like, broken any bones and to carry her away. And then she hears the news that Harry Clearwater has had a heart attack and is in the hospital, which, as Maya said, makes her think, oh, this Terrible is timing. Bad timing. I shouldn't have done this. And even though she couldn't have predicted it, she's like hmm maybe I like should have done this with another person like, not when a storm is coming in like right. if I hadn't been so irresponsible they wouldn't need to be worrying about me when they should be worrying about Harry. Jake right. is very <gasps> mad at her for doing this without him and, yeah. mostly and for good reason. He, mostly he's <laughs> mad that he wasn't there <laughs> which also is clear like he'd agree I to mean, do it but he so see that storm how about tomorrow? Right. He says, didn't you notice that it's turning into a hurricane out there? <laughs> and I choose to believe that he is not um, <laughs> hyperbolizing, and it's literally a hurricane, and, like, it's all really buildings will be destroyed. <laughs> it will take the Pacific Northwest ages to rebuild, <laughs> and she jumped. But nothing of that. Instead, she and Jacob kind of hang out to recover. And this is where she goes on her thought experiment, Romeo and Juliet. Right. It's very more, tiring. More Romeo and Juliet. It's, a, it's, it's overdone. It's a little mm -hmm. overdone. And her whole thought process is like, okay, well, like I'm Juliet, but my Romeo left. So like, what is left for Juliet after Romeo leaves? And... Paris is left for Juliet after Romeo leaves, but Paris isn't really, like, we don't actually know that much about him, so Bella just imagines Paris as Jacob. Like, it's a very, like, right. straightforward, one-to-one, yeah. -one, like, what if Paris was this? What if Paris was that? And it's just a description of Jacob. It's um, just speculating, best, though. Her friend, her very best friend, the only one she could confide in about the whole devastating thing with Romeo. The one who really understood her and made her feel halfway human again. Patient. Kind. Like. It's just like a useless analogy because she has reworked the analogous Shakespeare play to be what's happening right now. Like, there's not an actual analogy. No. Okay, so she, she has even to force acknowledges it, though. She she literally says, I was reading too much into the story. Romeo wouldn't change his mind. That's why people still remembered his name, always twined with her, Romeo and Juliet. 
That's why it was a good story. Juliet gets dumped in, ends up with Paris, would never have been a hit. It's and like too meta. And in this moment, then you know that she's never ending up with Jacob ever. Yes, because... <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt about this. Like, this was so meta that I was like, this yeah. is why I always knew that she wasn't going to end up with Jacob. Like, it was too right. easy to be Team Edward because it was so obvious from the text. And even right. before she gets to that part, she describes, like, was gone. Like, couldn't Juliet have taken Paris up? Maybe she should have tried to settle into the leftover scraps of life that were left behind. Maybe that would have been as close to happiness as she could get. Leftover scraps of, of settling for something that you don't actually want. That, like, yeah, of course she's not going to end up with Jacob. Yeah. It's, and also, she's like 17, girlfriend. You have right. so, so many more years. A lot of fish in the sea. So many more fuckboys to meet. So many don't more worry. vampires you could meet. There's more yeah. vampires around. My original point stands. Just go find the other vampires. Come on. Exactly. Well, the whole years thing, she discounts. She says, Juliet wouldn't go back to her old life. Not really. She wouldn't ever have moved on. I was sure of that. I was like, Juliet was 14. <laughs> she eventually would forget Romeo's fucking name. Exactly. She, she's going to be 28 and be like, okay, what was it? Started with an R. <laughs> I swear to God, it started with an R. She's going to be like, Julio. guys, you're uh, going to think this is so okay. funny. I literally almost died for him. Can you believe that? I literally almost died for this guy. Wow. It, it would have been like that, except if Romeo still killed himself, and then it would have been a major trauma from her childhood All right. that somebody killed himself about right. her, and then she really never would have forgotten Romeo. Well, no, yeah, because in this analogy that she's inventing, right. because Romeo's it doesn't actually forgets. exist in the text, it says, <laughs> what if, you know, he had left Juliet for Rosalind, or right. what if in mar- right. instead of marrying Juliet, he'd just disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> what if Romeo blinked out of existence? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, she would have forgotten his name. The title of this chapter is Paris because of this whole analogy where Jacob yeah. is Paris. And she just sort of decides that that's cool. I think this I, is really good. Oh, I found this so confusing. Really? Yes. I was not on board. I was like, what's happening right now? Oh, I think it's a terrible choice, but (laughs) it's another one of those instances to me where Stephanie Meyer does a really good job of walking me through Bella's decision, even if I don't agree with it. I might have rolled with it when I read this the first time. Like, I always knew that she wasn't going to end up with Jacob, but I might have been sort of, like, talked into this at the time. Reading it now, I'm just like... Oh, yeah, reading it now. I was, like, trying to... Pay atten- I've been paying so much attention to like Bella and Jacob and exactly what she says that she wants from him mm-hmm. and there's no like changing it's sort of a meandering decision to me I think right. it's more more of like a revelation so to walk the listeners through it what's happening is Jacob is taking Bella home and she thinks to herself like okay what if being with Jacob would be the right thing to do like he is pining after me I can't I can't be happy happiness isn't for me but I could make him happy and then she thinks I couldn't imagine my life without him and like you know like eventually he would want to be with somebody so he would 
I'd be being left behind. And she goes, I remembered wishing that Jacob were my brother. I realize now that all I really wanted was a claim on him. It didn't feel brotherly when he held me like this. It just felt nice, warm and safe, warm and comforting and familiar, safe. Jacob was a safe harbor. So like she has been trying to hold herself together this whole time. She feels so unsafe all the time. Now here is a person who literally represents safety to her. And she's like, I could stake a claim. Like, I could do that. She's like, I could make him happy. I could get the thing that makes me feel better, even though it's not what I want. And he already knows that I will never truly feel the way about him that he feels about me. She says, would it be so wrong to try to make Jacob happy, even if the love I felt for him was no more than a weak echo of what I was capable of, even if my heart was far away, wandering and grieving after my fickle Romeo, would it be so very wrong? And like, after that, I understand her deciding, no, it wouldn't be that wrong. So I think my problem with this is that she, in order to make this statement about wishing Jacob were her brother, she has to reinterpret her old feelings, which isn't necessarily a bad thing to do. But I think she sort of discounts her own opinions a lot. And so to be like, well, I thought that this was brotherly, but maybe it's not brotherly. Like maybe I'm wrong about what this is. It kind of feels to me like she doesn't, I think we've said before, it's like she doesn't recognize that there's a platonic option. Exactly. Like she says like, okay, it's not that, Like, what I wanted when I was thinking, oh, I wish Jacob were my brother, was I wish that I had a long-term claim on Jacob. And the only way that she can imagine doing that is, like you just said, it's either you're blood-related or you're romantically involved. Like, there's, she's not imagining an option where they're just best friends and he accepts what she actually wants. And nowhere on this page does she really say, I want a romantic relationship with Jacob she just thinks I want to be with Jacob because he makes me feel safe and would it be so wrong to try to make Jacob happy so she doesn't really change her mind about wanting something romantic it's just that like oh I've been thinking like it would be wrong to lead Jacob along but maybe it's not wrong to just be that for him because it's what he wants I think that the fact that it's what he wants is what makes this maybe more convincing for me because like it is hard for her to imagine them just like continuing on as platonic friends and no wonder if Jacob is always blurring the line. Jacob is bad at it. Calling her honey and saying he's going to be persistent and that this is what he ultimately wants. And holding her hand all the time. Jacob isn't allowing that option to exist. Right. That's fair. Yeah, I would feel like, okay, he says that like this is what he wants eventually. If he doesn't get it, will he leave? Will I need him? And like, I I could make him happy. It's true. Her, Her reasoning makes sense. It's a problem that she shouldn't be in. Uh-huh. So yeah. for a lot of like, reasons. Right. right. Yeah, I so, think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, Jacob should be, you know, constantly blurring these lines or even like never listening to her when she says, yo, I don't feel that way. He's still constantly pushing it. Right. So I 
definitely see why she's thinking this way and she comes to these conclusions they make sense but like fuck Jacob for putting her in that yeah and she doesn't really think of it she doesn't frame it that way like you have to read between the lines so like Jacob is the one who isn't offering this option because right on the next page she's sort of thinking about how like you know she's feeling a little disloyal to Edward but he's not here and wouldn't he want me to be happy like I think that you know, he would want this for me if it's what I decide. And she says, he wouldn't begrudge me this, giving just a small bit of the love he didn't want to my friend, Jacob. After all, it wasn't the same love at all. And I wrote, yeah, it's platonic love. (laughs) Like, it's not like a lesser romantic love. You've just called him a friend. We know that it's a different kind of love. And it's platonic love that society refuses to value. Boom, mic drop. Mic drop. And Bella has a lot of experience just kind of like living her life robotically and going through the motions of something. Mm-hmm. So she would be uniquely suited to like play the part of Jacob's girlfriend, even though she doesn't feel it. That's true. Very true. Oh, I just want to say the the way out to like make her move on this is that she says, if I press my lips against his bare shoulder... I knew without any doubt exactly what would follow. It would be very easy. There would be no need for explanations tonight. It like, would be easy. Like, mm-hmm. that is a wild moment to just, like, exist in. Like, okay, I'm right here. I know if I turn right. my face, I can change both of our lives forever. Because Jacob's not just, like, pretending that didn't happen. Right. Like, Totally and the true. idea that there would be no need for explanations tonight. Just right. like, you, you don't think he's going to like ask you? Like, not tonight. You change not tonight. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so then Edward shows up to say, be happy. And then they drive up to the house. And then Jacob realizes that there's up nearby. And it's so, so funny. He's away to try to save her. He's like about to turn into a wolf in the car. And then Bella sees a black car, a car I knew. I might be the furthest, furthest thing from an autophile, but God. I could tell you everything about that particular car. It was a Mercedes S55 AMG. I knew the horsepower and the color of the interior. I knew the feel of the powerful engine purring through the frame. I knew the rich smell of the leather seats and the way the extra dark pit made noon look like dust through those windows. It was Carlisle's car. Okay, you you can't say that you're the furthest thing from an autovile and then say like five sentences of things about the car. I would be like, it was black, it was that shape. And also I remembered that like maybe that license plate was like semi-familiar. Right, like, right. I think this is it. Recognized it as Carlisle's car, and the only descriptions would be it was black and looked expensive. And yeah, I could tell really it apart it. from a different black expensive <laughs> car. I, I knew you. it was Carlisle's. <laughs> But like, like, why the why the fuck do you know Carlos' car in the She detail? just like really like, doubles down on this. When um, was she ever in that car? In car. <laughs> he never was. Oh, what right, car did they the take down though. to Phoenix? What car did they take Alice's car down to Phoenix? She was in that car for like a long time. But I don't think it was Carlisle's car. Okay, but still, I yeah, I, maybe? I would expect this description maybe of the Volvo. Oh, yeah, sure. I would give it to her if it was Edward's car. If it was Edward's car, this description makes sense. It's Carlisle's But this is Carlisle's car. Then she says, it was just Carlisle, I told myself. Don't expect anything more. 
Maybe Esme, stop right there, I told myself. Just Carlisle. That was plenty. More than I'd ever hoped to have again, which I just love as an implication of like, okay, who's like the Cullen that would like maybe come, but like is the least exciting of all of them. <laughs> That's true. Like she she knows it's not Rose or Jasper because they're not gonna come. But like maybe Carlisle, like bottom rung. <laughs> One of them who likes interpreted it as like like I am desperate to see any of them. Right. But that is Carlisle's car, so I know for sure it's Carlisle. And then like as oh, I like, like no like nobody Carlisle. else. Yeah, it's just one, not two. <laughs> <laughs> I love our two separate readings. That's fair. I think they're both funny. <laughs> and then Jacob is a real jerk about it. Like just straight yep. up, so like, rude. okay, I get it. Your enemies, whatever, but like you love blah, Ella blah, so blah, 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 much. Blah, blah. And she's like, it's not a trick. I know that car. And he's like, mm, are you sure? Also, how would Victoria like, yeah, it's do this okay. trick? <laughs> Take me back. Yeah. How would Victoria have Carlisle's car? And he just says, no, take yourself back. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck you, Jake. What a dick. Hang on, keep reading. This is this is bad. Look, Bella, he said in a scene. No, no, the line. Hang on, I'll read it. <laughs> Take yourself back, Bella. His voice was a slap. I flinched as the sound of it struck me. Like right. that's like I, so aggressive. That's very aggressive. I, as a reader, jump from dialogue to dialogue and then have to Same. force myself to go back and read the in-between bits. So I must I have been like so in it that I like totally missed how bad that is. I do that a lot too, but I don't know. That one You caught this one. Stuck out. And then he just goes, I really hope you don't die. <laughs> he like genuinely like, believes that she is in danger. Thing. Yeah. He's leaving her to fucking die. And then he leaves. And admitting like, it. Don't die. What the fuck? Right. Like, if you believe her, like, the only reason that he could leave is if he believes her. But if he believes her, why would he be such a dick? And if he doesn't believe her, Because why he's he... a douchebag. <laughs> Remorse pinned me against the seat for one long second. What had I just done to Jacob? But Remorse couldn't Nothing, hold me very Bella. long. I felt bad, <laughs> but not that bad. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's I, see you later, Jacob. Let's go see Carlisle. Okay, and then bizarrely, like, in the, like, time in between, she, like, drives home and gets into her house. She puts together, conveniently puts together that, like, the flame that she thought she saw on the water was actually Victoria's hair because of a comment that Jake said about her. I don't think I would ever make around. that jump. And hair doesn't look like fire. Like, no. I don't care how redhead of a redhead you are, that doesn't- Especially is it like, was it on top of the, on top of the water? Like, was her dry was hair just kind of right. like whooshing around? Like, were you, was she swimming? Right, because then it's- There's no way she fire. would bother to get a boat, right? She would just like swim. Yeah, no. So- It's presented as if like the top of her head is- the it's only like part bobbing. out of the water, like just her hair is out. And maybe if else. she was like hanging out and just like watching them get away from her, but also maybe like, it would be like wet. horizontal. It would be wet and plastered against her head and like You're dark right. brown. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this image makes no sense. I'm sorry, Stephanie, but like this is too. Like, why did she put it on the water? It could have been on the cliff. Like maybe <laughs> Bella had like just missed her, and Victoria right? had just gotten to the cliff, and she saw right? her on the cliff. Ooh, and then Jacob sense. would have to make a choice because Jacob like, Ooh, to, like go yeah like Jacob like could see the two of them 
And he's like, oh my God, this is my chance. I'm so close to Victoria. But if I don't go for Bella, she'll die down there. And he has to, that would have been so much better. That would have been so good. We're good editors. Okay. We're so fucking you good should, editors. You should try to work with us because we're great editors. <laughs> we rock at this. I'm oh, so impressed. Yeah. We should co-edit something. I really feel like we wow. work off of each other. Okay. Wow. I was like floating that idea recently. I was like, I know. why don't we, like, we only ever co-edit like with our bosses. Like, why don't we ever co-edit with our peers? Because I was like, I want to edit a book with one of you guys. why don't we do that let's make it happen let's bring something to idea can i do that even though i'm a production editor you You know what sure we'll just hire you to write it how about that okay or yeah do it and don't get paid for it because it's not your job okay (laughs) then bella walks in and they're waiting for her end of chapter end of chapter that's the end and that's where we're gonna leave it you'll never know <laughs> we're done here. This is the last episode of Twilight Midnight Day. Sun, and then we're never doing another episode. <laughs> best sense, worst sense. Best sense, worst sense. I don't okay. think I have a best. My best, my so already many. read. Yeah. Oh, which one? So, Go ahead, reread so it. So I'll read it again. It was. It's like three sentences. It's a combination of sentences. There had to be some way to quench growing more and more intolerable by the second. I glared at the cliffs and the crashing waves. I love the glared at the cliffs apart. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. girlfriend is mm-hmm. just so in her feelings. She's like, fuck you, cliffs. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off of you. <laughs> I, I really like that, too, just because it's how I feel when I'm mad. Like, everything makes me mad. Yeah. Glare <laughs> mad. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> You got a best, Mario? Yeah. I just went past it because I was like, what if there's another best? But this is this is my favorite, so it's the one I picked. So Bella has just jumped off of the cliff. And yeah, she like didn't think that there's water below. <laughs> I never dreamed that the true menace was lurking far below me under the heaving surf. True menace. Mm-hmm. Far mm-hmm. below me. Heaving surf. Like, if there Mm -hmm. were one more adjective, the sentence would be terrible. But instead, it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, that is writing. That's writing. I'm going to pick one that we already read, but it also struck me. Maybe it was wrong to be so involved with myths and legends to turn my back on the human world. I don't even know why that's appealing to me. Just sort of like, I guess sometimes I like when she sort of, reflects like on she, her yes. wider Re- situation like exactly. I'm a human supernaturals yeah exactly we never really think about like the like obviously there's a fantastical world within this world for vampires and werewolves to exist and she never really thinks on it and so I'm always but, a big fan and she's she uses it sparsely enough that it works I think if you add too much of it it can just be sort of like distracting and draw you out of it but she and it feels kind of like like wizards of waverly place like now we're going through the portal into the wizard world <laughs> here we are in the what? regular world wizards of waverly place was a great ass show maya do you not even just watched it. like three episodes and enjoyed myself <laughs> just because I, i'm right in my point doesn't mean i don't like wizards of waverly place it's <laughs> great uh can I tell you that I used to watch the Wizards of Waverly Place movie and I cry every single time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm really ready with my worst sentence. This is when she's dying. She's like, has accepted death. She's ready. She's in an oddly peaceful place. I thought briefly of the cliches about how you were supposed to see your life flash before your eyes. I was so much luckier. Who wanted to see a rerun anyway? And I just found this joke <laughs> so totally dissonant with this whole thing. Like, she's literally accepting death, and she makes this joke about no reruns, and I was like, no, no. I think it's funny because Bella is often so blasé about, like, the weirdest things, and I'm like, of course she would be blasé in the moment of her death. Like, like, when she wakes up on the beach after that, she's like, huh, strange, I thought that I was um, gonna be dead, but now I'm dead. that's kind of no, interesting. Like, in death, <laughs> she's not experiencing what she's experiencing. She's thinking about how she's actually lucky that she's not watching a rerun of her right. life. Because she doesn't want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my worst is one that I started to read because I thought it was good, but then I got far enough to be like, oh no, it's actually bad. <laughs> A thick layer of clouds pressed heavily on the atmosphere now, making it almost sultry. <laughs> That's a weird word. Almost sultry. What? That's weird. When you get that? That's I guess I've sultry. heard that as a weather word, but like, but it's like not the making thick it sultry. southern it's heat. making it almost sultry. So it's not sultry. Yeah, and it does feel like, okay, if it's a weathery word, then it feels, like, humid and, like, warm and yeah. not, like, cold, stormy. stormy. Sometimes it is with a little almost. warm during that, like, pre- Okay, fair like enough. The next part of the sentence is, it was warm and close under the gray blanket. Oh, but it's maybe she's only though. warm because of the blanket. It's so It's weird. unclear. It's I don't like it. Um... I it do started need good. to say overall, I'm really annoyed when anyone writes that like this almost felt like this. I'm like, okay, so it didn't. Pick a different word. <laughs> right. Like someone's like I was reading yesterday, like, I could almost smell this. I'm like, okay, so you couldn't. You couldn't <laughs> smell it. I like um, describing it if you couldn't smell it. <laughs> I like it was indescribable. Here are my descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like when she's like, I don't know anything about I know these things about this car. Let me talk I'm about it for five minutes. <laughs> Can I have two worse? Because I just yes. moved the page and I also I almost read one. two worse. Yes, go ahead. Don't make jokes, Billy. This is too scary for that. You're right. He agreed, still consistent. His ancient <gasps> eyes were sentence. impossible to read. <gasps> is it you really? Just took my worst yes. I'm sorry. I took two and one was Melissa's. <laughs> Melissa, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. You reread okay. it. Okay, okay. I, my worst sentence is particular. His ancient eyes were impossible to read. Just this, once again, the stereotype of, like, the sage old Native American chief who who has unreadable eyes. But also, Billy has a 16-year-old son. He's probably, what, like, 45? I said <laughs> Billy's probably, like, 50-something, WTF? <laughs> 16 years old. He's literally taking care of a teenager. He does not right. have ancient eyes. Like, she's definitely referring to, like, ancient tribal wisdom. Yes. What else? Why else? hundred percent. Also, she just well, understood what he meant. It wasn't even, like, a confusing thing that he said. Yeah. Like... <laughs> His expression is not impossible to read. It's you just read it. I too am <laughs> concerned. <Yes. laughs> 
that's that's the episode <laughs> that's all oh that was, um, all, that was all of us listeners also if you hadn't noticed midnight sun comes out in a hot second and we haven't even talked about what we're doing so here's our plan we're thinking we're gonna read it asap obviously and i took drop, asap work drop like a general reactions overall episode that will be full of spoilers and then we're gonna continue with new moon because we don't want to lose our momentum so we're gonna finish out new moon before we start our chapter by chapter on midnight sun so if you're planning on reading it not in like two days you can just wait for us to finish out new moon and then get around to our midnight sun when we do but let us know your plan are you attending things are you getting your book pre-ordered day of what are you most I excited to order for my to book talk about i don't know like everything tell us i'm really excited for it so exciting <laughs> I want to, like, get all my favorite snacks from when I was 16. Oh, genius. Oh, like a, like a fruit gushers. A little, a little Twilight Face snack pack. Mine yeah. would be Cheez-Its and Mountain Dew. I wasn't even into Mountain Dew, but my friends were, so we drank a lot of Mountain Dew. <laughs> okay, well then don't drink Mountain Dew. Drink something that you were into. But it's just trying to be transported. Yeah, it was just reminiscing. <laughs> all right, y'all. Mine might be Cheez-Its and fruit roll-ups. So a combo for you guys. That's a great <laughs> Email us as usual with questions, comments, midnight sun ideas at twilightcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, check out patreon.com slash twilightfacepodcast. Special shout out to our patrons, Jillian, Asher, Melina, Bridget, and Eric. Y'all are the best. You can all follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and Twilight Face Podcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Maya Marlette. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring. Oh, you guys really should check out our Patreon because that's some really <laughs> funny jokes in my liner notes on this one that you didn't get to hear in the episode. So oh, FYI. Oh, yeah! We we'll... post our margin out You're right. <laughs> we'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. Ah! Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you guys. <laughs>